Are we starting? So yeah, I know. I know. I know. And that's why I, I actually like to say, like, I'm nervous. Just when I say anything stupid, people are like, oh, okay. <laughs> We have a room to get closer if we ever wanted to. I don't see why we. This isn't a porn. <laughs> no? No. I, I was told something totally different. <laughs> when my agent called me with the details, he said that be prepared. <laughs> I didn't call you and even ask. I'm like, okay, so we're doing the podcast now. I didn't even ask. All right, let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the Whipped Cream Podcast. I am your host, Bianca Harris. We have a very special guest with us today, Michelle Morgan from Young and the Restless. Me and Michelle have been friends for a very long time, so I have not prepared for this podcast at all. We're just going to see what happens. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Um, is, yeah, we've been friends for so long and we came up through everything. We're not going to say where we met. <laughs> We're not going to say where we met or where we started, but it was low. <laughs> It was low, low, low. It was in the trenches. It was, <laughs> yeah. not, it was not good. But now we have risen a little bit. Oh. And we didn't like each other. No. Do you Actually, yeah. No, the, I think it was you didn't like me. Yeah, I didn't like you. Mm-mm. I was like, no, 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 no. This- but yeah, and then we ended up going to breakfast or lunch or something. No, it was because it was my sister-in-law. She wasn't my sister-in-law at the time, right. but she started becoming friends with you, and she was like, Bianca's so cool, and I'm like, really? I don't know. And then, yeah. And then we ended up being friends. Yeah, and then she forced us together, and now we're we're good friends. Yeah. And, yeah. That was how many years ago? Whew. At, close to 10 years ago. Holy shit. Really? I know. Don't age us, man. I was, no, about, to say, was, I was really? about to say numbers, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> close to 10 years was ago. Was it really? Yeah. Holy fuck. Actually, it might have been... It might already be 10 years, girl. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. You could have a 10-year-old child right now. There could be a 10-year-old person. (laughs) There probably should be. Let's be honest. There probably should have been. (laughs) A child between me and you, that would be the craziest child in the world. Oh, my God. You know how loud that child would be? (laughs) No friends. No friends ever. (laughs) Two cancers. You're a cancer. Yeah. Your birthday is what? Two, two days before 15th, mine. yeah. Two days before yours. That's a horrible mix. <laughs> They'll be very, very go with the flow. <laughs> but also very anal and like... No, that's you. <laughs> you are too. Actually, no, that's you. I, I do. I, I, am, I am a little anal retentive about certain things. Are forgetting your thing. wedding? <laughs> when it comes to planning events. Like, I right. guess it's when things are like really important to me, then I can... Then I become like this like planner. you buckle down. Yeah, I buckle down and I become this planner. And when things are... I even remember that in high school and stuff. If I, if I didn't because I was like a crazy straight A student and if I was not getting an A or an A plus or I wasn't getting the mark that I wanted I would go to the library every day and I would buckle down and I'd be like that's what I have to do and it would be in my calendar and then I, I think would get that's serious. what we have in common like we were talking about this the other day like when it comes to working out like I'm either like all in or- pounds overweight or I'm like I'm gonna be a, a fucking bodybuilder <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when I like when I like uh commit to whatever it is mm-hmm. and you have that same quality it's yeah. like when you're committed and you're in it it's like you become a little yeah a little tweaked. a little crazy <laughs> a little, yeah but then i feel like it only it's short-lived like it lasts for a bit and yeah, then you start to balance everything out yes and then sometimes you start going in the complete opposite direction and you're like shit i gotta reel it back in yeah. i gotta reel it back in before it gets too crazy but yeah but yeah no totally like that 
Well, that's what I'm trying to do right now because with my 16-month-old child, I don't really have an excuse. I need to get my ass back in the gym. So. Yeah, I cannot believe you have a child. I know. It's so weird. I know. It's so weird. Okay, so wait. And so it's let's so talk amazing. about. Okay, so. You live in LA now, mm-hmm. full time, pretty much. Like you're only back yeah, for like little much. bips, right? Yeah. You got okay. So let's tell the people who don't know, because I obviously know everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, how you okay? So how did you get from being a working actor here, mm-hmm. and you were bartending at the time? You are a hustler, though. Like, yeah, that you don't fuck around. Like you will grind it out and work your ass off. Well, I did have my experience where I was like, I booked two series regular roles back to back and I was like, I'm a serious actor. I am quitting my bartending job. I am just going to be a serious actor. I'm going to go to classes. And yeah, that lasted about six months when I realized, um, yeah, jobs, especially in Canada as an actress, it's very up and down and you need to be able to go with those, you know, those ups and those downs and you can't just like rely on one thing. And I realized that like until you get to a certain level, you need to be able, you have to have that backup. Okay, so let's talk going. about, I want you to talk about, I want you to talk about, I want you to just tell a little bit about why you started acting, because you were in school to be a lawyer, right? Yeah. You were going, to, where yeah. were you going? What school was it? Um, I was going to go to Ottawa U. Okay, so what happened? Okay, so. This story. The long story, the story that everybody asks, and then I feel like I, I feel like I get too long-winded, but okay, so just, I feel like it's inspiring, it. and I feel like it's. Okay, so do it. I yeah, well, so. I actually love hearing it, even though I've heard it. <laughs> so, um, basically, I, I wanted to be a lawyer my whole life, and I think it was something that my dad put in me, but it was also something, he, he definitely brought, put it out there when I was like five years old, and, but it was something Not that really. I did. Why? He just because I was He's very. Like, Yo, I have all these legal <laughs> problems. Like somebody, better, somebody better something like that. Yeah, he was like, "Yo, I need one lawyer in the family." No, I think it was just because I've ever since I was I could remember I've always been the person that I defend somebody else to the bone. Like defend myself, that doesn't even that rarely happens. But defend somebody else or some injustice that I see, it like I I just fall into like it right away. Hard. Yeah, I go hard and I, I like don't care about myself anymore. And my dad saw it with my, my older sister because it would be, I would sit there and then my dad would be yelling at my older sister about something and I'd be like, well, dad, that's not really fair because and and he'd be like, you're not even in trouble. Now you're in trouble too. <laughs> so I think he just, he just kind of realized at a young age that I kind of had this this quality about myself where it wasn't just about the fact that I'd argue about things. I think it was about the fact that I was overcome with um, concern for injustice. If something wasn't fair, if something wasn't right, I needed to fix it. I needed to help it. So that's why I wanted to be a lawyer. And then when I was 19, I got in a car accident in Trinidad um, when we were on vacation. It was like the first night that we got down there. And I was with my cousins and we went out. We, Who's in the car? It was me, my older sister, uh, my two cousins, and one of their cousins. So and they were just cousin driving on the like how side. they drive there, like. Well, no, it was just they were driving late. It was really late, and my cousin was, you know, she was driving, and we all kind of dozed off, which wasn't really fair to her. So we're not really sure what happened. She said that there was a vehicle that was coming towards her, and she kind of swerved out of the way, and we ended up in a ditch, and it was kind of like where it was. It was a lot of concrete around, so she pretty much hit like concrete you know, like head first. And I just remembered waking up while they were pulling me through the window because the doors were all like So was the shut. car completely like just... Not the front was really bad, but the rest of the car was fine. But the doors were all seized shut because I guess because of the impact. Oh my God. So they were taking me through the window. And I remembered 
I never told my sister this because I knew she would freak out because you know my sister. My sister, yeah. is yeah. She, yeah. she goes from zero to like 220 yeah. in like a second. Yeah. So I was sitting there going like, where am I? And I'm like, oh my God, are we in Trinidad? And then I saw my cousins and I'm like, Haley and Peaches, what? What are they doing here? And Wait, I, her name's Peaches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just we'll just stick with Peaches. But yeah, <laughs> we're not she skip, has another we're name. Not she has another name. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, oh my gosh, like I, <clears throat> I just kind of had a moment where I just didn't remember anything. And the only person, you know, when you have that lifeline, like I saw my sister, and I was like, you're the only person that makes sense right now. So I just like right. kept staring at her. And she was like, are you okay? You need to sit down. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And she's like, sit down. Wait, so, so she, wait, you're out of the car at this point? Yeah, I was out of the car. So you got was, pulled out. and you I were... got pulled out. I was kind of walking around, like just standing Oh, so there. no one was there yet? No, no ambulance, no police. Nobody was there yet. But f- people from the, um, like the community, they saw the crash and they uh, ran out. And I, I feel like that's, that's island people, you know, yeah, they yeah, just yeah. ran out and they just yeah. helped right yeah, away, yeah, yeah. which was awesome. I mean, I guess that's just people in general. I shouldn't yeah. just say it's, it's people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. It's like everybody's in their own when world, like, in their happen, own bubble. Yeah. But when something crazy happens to other people, we, our compassion, our empathy is so strong. Well, as you're, human beings. You're, be, you're not behaving with, um, uh, like you're not your thinking ego about it anymore. You're logically. You're just, yeah. re, you're just reacting. Yeah. Right. And you're, it's, and our instinct in us is so, yeah. is so genuine it's as human like, beings, which is crazy because so you, okay, the things so you that got we do. out of the car before any emergency was there. Yeah. So I got okay, out of the car before that. any emergency was there. I was walking around. Yeah. In Canada, emergency would be there. They'd strap me down. They'd put a neck brace on me. Like I'd be completely stabilized, but that didn't happen. So I was walking around, probably causing more damage to myself. And then the ambulance got there and they, you know, they said, do you want to go in the ambulance or, you know, and I was like, yeah, I guess so. I'll go in the ambulance. And then I like jumped in the ambulance. They're like, you can lie down on the stretcher. I was like, OK, cool. So I'm like lying down there, go to the hospital. And then we got to the hospital and they checked everybody else out first. And I was kind of last and they kind of touched my back and they were like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel OK. I just feel like a lot of pressure on my shoulder blades. Like I just feel like a lot of heaviness. And they're like, oh, it's probably just muscle spasms from, you know, the accident. You're probably fine. But, you know, everything, in, a lot of things in Trinidad, they cost money. So that's what I hate. You know, like in Canada, they would just fix it you know but in Trinidad they were like if you do you, if you don't have like do you want to get the x-rays I, I think it's probably just muscle spasms I'm like yeah I think I should just get the x-rays just in case you know it was a it, it was an accident I've never really been in an accident that bad that I had to you know walk away without our car so we, so I went I did the x-ray and then I just remembered seeing this um nurse coming towards me with this neck brace and he's just like you need to put this on right now and you need to lay flat on your back I was like uh, okay. So you start freaking out. Yeah, and he's like, and just don't move. I'm like, okay. And they wouldn't tell me anything. They rolled me into this room that, you know, had all of the lights for like scans and all of that stuff. Like in the TV shows. Yeah, and they just rolled me in there, and they just had me lying there because I guess, well, I was 19, so I don't know why they couldn't really talk to me about it. But they said they were waiting for my waiting for my family and stuff. So that made me even more scared. I was like, what am I dying? What's happening? But um, and so then you my, remember all of this very clearly. Yeah, I remember all of it. Um, but my dad has the fun, this funniest part of the story where he was, he said that you know he rushed into the hospital and he saw my older sister and you know how dramatic she, <laughs> she can be. So he sees my older sister. He's like, oh my god. He's like, where's Michelle? And my sister just like looked at him and she shook her head and she like looked down and she was like, just follow me, dad. 
And my oh dad my was God. like, <laughs> my dad was like, I didn't even want to ask a question because I was just in my head just thinking the worst. Yeah, thinking like she's walking me to the morgue. Like, and I'm like, why would you do that? My is like, I don't know. I was just, <laughs> I was so overcome. I didn't know what to say. So I was just like, follow me, like whatever. So they took us into the, they took my dad into the room. And then, then finally I got an explanation as to what was going on. And they told me that I broke my seventh vertebrae, which is actually the same vertebrae that um, Christopher Reeves broke. Oh, wow. Um, which I actually knew, which was crazy. So when they said, you broke your seventh vertebrae, I'm like, wait a second. That sounds familiar. I love Superman. And he broke the same one. Weird. Yeah. So they, but they That's said that. That's intense. Anything yeah. with the back freaks me out. Like, my back is injured and I just fell. So like, and it yeah. killed like, every day. So like, any back pain, I think is like, the it's, worst. And well, for me, I was lucky because I broke um, bone. I broke heart tissue. It was a clean break, and I so was that's better. I was asleep. Yeah, so I was asleep. So I wasn't. I didn't react to the to the um, the impact that was coming towards me. I was relaxed during the impact. So for that reason, it didn't. My muscles oh. didn't tense up. So like, up. if you were bracing for it, it exactly. Been worse. Yeah, because I was asleep. So if I was bracing for it, like soft tissue damage is a lot worse. Like it's just a lot more painful. So for me, I as soon as I had my surgery done, I have full mobility. I do have some, you know, some pain every now and then, especially if it's cold outside. If yeah. I'm tensing. Up yeah, and stuff like that. But other than that, I, I pretty much so would fully that be recovered. your lower back, your seventh vertebrae? No, that's like my upper neck. So oh, okay. So basically, right, right, they right. said ten percent more pressure. I would have been paralyzed from the neck down. Oh my god! And this is where the whole idea of acting kind of came into my head, where I was lying. Like, so there was there was a huge issue, long story with um, the doctors and stuff, and getting my surgery figured out. You know, my dad wanted to get people from Canada, and just a really long, big long story. But um, but. At the end of the day, I was lying flat on my back for five days, and I had a lot of time to think. <laughs> and why do you have the scar here, right here? Like, what is that from? So that's from when they went in. So they have two gotcha. scars on the side, on my hips, where they took the bone out of my hips, and they went in the front of my neck. And because it's actually because you have bones on on the front and the back, that's protecting your spinal cord. So it's actually I actually broke this bone in the front. So it's oh, not so thought, the bone okay. that sticks out. It's the other side of that bone that I broke. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so that's you know like the, a big bone we have there then. Yeah, well, it's it's divided. It's like two bones. It's like the front and the back, I think, kind of thing. Like it's not and then then you have your spinal cord running through. Got it. I get it. Yeah. So where was I? Yeah, so I was lying flat on my back and I had a lot of time to think. And you know, at this time I was still pursuing law school. I was still I was doing my poli sci degree at York. And I just remember thinking, I'm like, you know what? Even if I'm paralyzed from the neck down, I'm like, I, I'll be okay. I have no regrets in my life. You know, like I, I've always lived my life in a way that I, I always felt fulfilled. I always felt balanced. I always felt like, you know, I had the crazy party time, but I was level-headed about it and I still worked really hard. And, and I kind of always felt like I, you know, I made the right choices. So I was like, I don't regret anything. I'll be fine. I can even be a lawyer, even if I'm a quadriplegic. I can do stuff. Like I was starting to think about stuff like that. And then it was like this tiny voice in my head that, just literally, I heard a voice and it just said, but you never tried. And I knew exactly what they were talking about, that I never tried to act, that I, that I had a lot of opportunities that were given to me throughout my life, a lot of chant, like a lot of random things that would fall in my lap. And I might do some of them, but then I never really took it like seriously as a career or anything like that. And I had a lot of, you know, like a lot of people that it's were like, so weird that we do that. eh? Yeah. You turn away from it because you're like, especially being an artist, because 
you just you think it's it's not a real job it's crazy like would you ever make money like i don't i don't want to be a starving artist for my entire life you know what i mean like still starving i'm hungry like i'm hungry girl don't worry we're gonna go out and eat yeah no but i totally understand that yeah so i just but i just had this moment where i was like and i just remember thinking like it was it was god talking to me and i just had this conversation with god and at that time i stepped away from god for a really long time for about i would say a solid two three years in high in school in the sense that you didn't like you weren't spiritual you didn't pray like all that kind of thing yeah that i wasn't mean? spiritual i wasn't praying and i kind of just had a moment with god where um i think my family with my family life my family was good but i felt like <clears throat> god was letting down my family as a whole, like my parents were striving to do more and they weren't getting enough. And, you know, I just felt like, like we you were, lost faith. In yeah. It. And I felt like we were working hard, all of us. And I just felt like nothing was happening for us. And I just was like, you know what? I'm, and there, there was, there was definitely like a, a moment, which I can't even remember. There was just something that like a failure that happened that I was kind of like, this is it. Like, you know, like out of everything, like, how are you going to, you know, do this to us and do this to me? Like, I am a good person. I never hurt people. Like, you know, just listing off the things. And I was just like, so like, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. There's clearly probably no God. So if there is one, then I'm taking a step back from you. Kind of had that conversation a few years earlier. You broke up with God. (laughs) Pretty much. I broke up with God. (laughs) I was like, God, me and you are done. Okay. This relationship is not working out. (laughs) It's feeling a little (laughs) one-sided. And I feel like I'm doing all the work. Okay. (laughs) And so I really felt like that was, it was God's voice. And then I really had a long conversation with him. I had five days to do it. So I had a nice long conversation with him where I just kind of was like, you know, I kind of apologized for, you know, like for, for that part of my life. And then I kind of thanked him for always being with me because I felt like as a child, I was really close to God. That's why I think that was such a defining moment when I was like, I'm done with, with God. Yeah. I'm done with trying to pray. And it was a big thing. It was a really big thing. And then and then after that, I just had, kind of had that experience where I feel like, oh, I'm getting too emotional. It's okay. I love it. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, but I just, I just kind of, oh, it was just this moment where I just really had a long conversation with him and I just said, you know what, if this is what I'm supposed to do, if this is what's going to make me happy, and if this is why you made my life difficult, um, when I was trying to do things and nothing would come easy, then, you know, when I get back to Toronto, if you get me out of this, I will try. I don't know how how long I will try. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I will try. I will do something. At least try. And yeah. if you fail, at least you gave it. Exactly. Right. I gave it a try. I never even said what level I would try at. I just said I would and try. And this is specifically for acting. And this was specifically. Because you always wanted to do it. I always wanted like to do it. Like in there somewhere. From the moment that I was 10 and I stepped on the stage for a, a play that I did in elementary school. It was Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dream Code. I was cast <laughs> as a boy. I was Judas. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I just remember feeling like I loved it. I just loved the chaos. And I still, you know, my heart is still with the stage. Like, I think at some point, I don't know when, because that's the thing is that the stage is just, you don't make as much money. It's a lot longer it's a hours. So it's a totally different. But the stage is where my heart really lies, you know. So I know I have to get back there at some point. But 
it was just the chaos and everything that was going on behind stage and then as soon as you walk on that stage you're in a different world and I totally I just loved dance, it right yeah like you'd go on and then you have like you're, you have to be in the next number so you have to go back yeah and, the, and like look how crazy it is and yeah. then it's crazy and then you go back and yeah. then you're just like alive on that stage you're so alive and it's you have nothing there's nothing like that there's nothing like it and you you your body's forced to do it like you like you're standing on a stage like you need to do something so it's like it's like you know with acting in front of the camera like you break so much because you know it's action and then it's cut and it's, it's very fun. short it's a different snippets. feeling but it's not like that yeah it's a different feeling and sometimes it's like when you when you you can get that same feeling on set when you just nail a scene when you just you know really connect with the other person and you forget about all the cameras and everything else that's there and you really get into it then you have that similar feeling but I feel with like the stage it just pulls it out of you so much more you know like you you have no control over it. you just have to let it go because like you're naked on there you yeah, know what I mean yeah. they're just everybody's waiting for you to entertain them but yeah, so where was I with... So then after that, I came back. I, I start, said that I would pursue it. And then I started looking, you know, for something, you know, started looking for an agent or something and I wasn't getting anywhere. I got scammed uh, like one time, you know, for the, you need to take pictures. And then took the pictures and spent like almost $1,000 and then the guy disappears. I got scammed with one of those. And then randomly, like... And see, this is what I know that like the universe works in mysterious ways and it's very serendipitous. Like, because my manager, because I was bartending at Inside, an old club from back in the day, you know, all those people who know what Inside is, <laughs> you're I like, do. yeah. <laughs> or, or you might be like, no. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, so my manager called me and she was like, you need to come in, Michelle. Like, I, I, I'm doing this private party tonight. I know it's Thursday. I know you never work. But I'm like, I never work because I got to work tomorrow. I got to go to school tomorrow. And she's like, she's like, please. So you were still in law school? I was, yeah, I was still. No, I wasn't in law school yet. So I was still in university. I was still in taking university like, while I was bartending. What were you taking? Um, Poli Sci Law and Society. Okay, got it, I got it, I got it. Double major program. <laughs> just, <laughs> just wanted to let you just know. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> but yeah, so I was still in school. I was still doing that, but I bartended. Uh, I bartended four days a week, but I think at that time I was more, I cut it down. I was only bartending two days a week. Um, That's when we used to make like money bartending. Yeah, remember? I know. Back yeah, where I, where I was like, I don't want to make, I don't need to make that that extra like 500 bucks. I'll just work the Saturday and the Sunday nights. Like yeah, it was because I was making that, yeah, that much money bartending. It was crazy. You, like, like, because that's when it was like the club, the clubs were like a mm -hmm. thing. Remember? I know. Now everybody likes lounges. Now it's just yeah, a lot more like spread out. It's like when it was like, yeah. Turn up time. Now everybody's real. Netflix and Netflix and chilling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was like a lot of money to be made. I remember that time. Yeah, there was. But yeah, then, so I don't even remember the question. But then after that, then I found my agent randomly from that moment. So I went in, I was like, she's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks just to come in. So I went in and then my agent was there. And my agent was like, I like love your look. I just left my agency. My agency's only two months old, but like I would love to have you on my roster for commercials or different things. And I was like, okay, I took his card. And then I, I was like, God, this is a, because I literally had a conversation with him six months earlier. And I was like, I just don't know what to do. Like, can you just send me somebody who's going to guide me? Because I've tried this. I tried, you know, pursuing it. And then I got scammed. And it's making me feel like I shouldn't be on this path anymore. Like, if I'm really supposed to do this, can you just send somebody who's going to, like, help push me in the right direction? And then six months later, this guy. So I'm like, I kind of laughed when I looked at the card. I'm like, this isn't you, God. Like, I'm like, this, this is another scam, isn't it? I'm like... All right, let's see. I'm going to call. So I called, sat down, met with him. And then I was, then after his long spiel, I barely even listened to what he was saying. I was like, okay, so how much money do you want from me? 
And he was like, money? No, I don't I don't need any money. I would just I'm like, okay, so then what do you what do you do? And he's like, well, if you agree, then I'll just submit you. Like, so, you know, we might have to do some headshots at some point. And I was like, well, how much is that going to cost? And he's like, well, I have a good friend of mine. I'll send you there. It'll be so like 200 bucks. So agency agent will do is they'll take money once you make money. They'll take a percentage. Yeah. So that's what he said. He's like, I only yeah. want 15% of what you make. So I was like, uh, like, and I'm like, on what I make. He's like, when I send you out for a job. Like, I'm going to make money. Yeah. <laughs> like, what you're saying is I'm going to make yeah. money. <laughs> he's like, so I'm going to send you out auditions. And if you book a job, I get 15% of that job that you book. And I was like, oh, Okay. And then he's like, and with the headshots and stuff, I, I'll hook you up with a couple photographers. You can pick whoever you want and they have their own rates and you can just pay them. You pay them directly. You don't, it has nothing to do with me. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll do that. Like, like, it's so, like, don't you laugh at like how green you were? Like you didn't even yeah, know that, right? Like, I didn't even like, know that that's the way that it like, works. You didn't even know that that's what a manager yeah, does. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's so funny. Well, an agent and out here right. in Canada, your agents are agents and managers. They do the both, the same thing. But yeah, so then then after that, then I went on my ride to being an actor. And that was then after that, there was a lot of ups and downs. But what was your original question? It was like... I just want to know how you kind of started in... How I got into it. Just like even yeah. into acting. So that's how I got into it. Period. But it's and then interesting that you... That's uh, like, it would be like, if, if that's how we all lived our lives, like we're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. Can that's the imagine? way that I live my life. Yeah. Yeah. Now you do because of that situation. Yeah. But it's like... If we all did that, like if that's literally how you lived your life, how we all like I try to do that, right? Like, but there'll be some things where I'm like, ah, I don't want to do da 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 da. Yeah. You make, and then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you know, it's like you can waste so much of your life just like going to work and coming home and da da da, and like, you and know, li- like, that's and, it. Yeah, and living in this place where you feel like it's so mundane and you don't feel fulfilled, and you're just going through the motions, and you're like, okay, like you know, I'm just gonna wait till the next day, but there may not be. I remember a next there day. was this point in my life where I realized that. This is my life. I'm not waiting it's to not get some to the next day. Yeah, like I'm like, oh, you know, as soon as I make this amount of money, then I'll be good. And as soon as I can get a role like this, I'll be good. As soon as I get this and this and this, I'll be good. And it, my life never changed. I never started becoming successful in my industry until I realized this is my life. Yeah. And it's not I, this random like little yeah. construct over here. Yeah. It's yeah. like being in the moment and living every moment and realizing that like, Every moment counts and no moment is is less than any other. And, it, you know, sitting here with you is just as fulfilling as, you know, sitting at home with my son, like making sure that those are the choices that you make in your life. Right. Is it, it was night and day for me when I was like, I was like, oh, I'm not waiting for anything else. Like, I'm not waiting to live. I am living. That's how we right live now. Though. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's how you live. As it's soon like, as I get this and this and this, then I'm going to travel. As soon as I get this and this and this, then I can, you know, buy And then buy when you realize when that. you do get it. Yeah. You can just be just as miserable as you were when you were 100%. That you were going to be so great when you get A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's never about, because there's always more to get. Like, until you realize that you just need to, like, be you and you need to live every day and you need to be appreciative for the day that you have and you need to just keep going and remember that this is your life and enjoy it and be happy in it. Because once you get to the next level, there's always going to be another level. That's and another right. It's level, like you're like, and it's another like, level. Do you ever think like, okay, like $20,000 was a lot to you when you're like, however I know. Old. And yeah. then you get there and you're like, yo, I'm broke. And yeah. then you get to the whatever <laughs> other stage and it's just like, it's never going to end. Like, I remember, like, I'm looking at you know, scratch and win tickets. And I'm like, there's like a bingo scratch and win ticket for $50,000. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the hell would I do with $50,000? <laughs> like, that's nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like it might, it might as well be 10 bucks because like, right. as, as you get older and as you real, you just look at things so differently and you realize that 
But money is money is only part of things. You know oh what I my mean? God. People yeah. can get so many people like the richest people in the world are some of the most unhappy people that you'll meet because money that's what proves that money is and everything but then you have like I love I saw this quote somewhere it was like on Instagram or something where they said like you know um if money was happiness then you know like poor kids in Africa wouldn't poor kids in Africa are the ones that are dancing the streets mm -hmm. you know and then the the, the rich people are sometimes the ones that are killing themselves. It's mm -hmm. like, why is that? It's, it just proves that money isn't everything. Money isn't happiness. Happiness is a journey, not a destination. <laughs> Way to whip out the Instagram quotes. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I came ready with three quotes. Three quotes, there's one. One down. <laughs> okay, so all of that happened. That's intense. Like, that's... Yeah, like you, now you're looking back on it and whatever but I mean that's yeah. like intense like I've been in like accidents and like I mean not to that capacity but like you still those thoughts still go through your head because yeah like, but I feel like it was the the most you're the, happy it the happened, best I'm thing sure. that ever happened to me exactly yeah and now you're on Young and the Restless like I don't understand how that happened I know I don't so, know <laughs> like and now I'm on Young and the Restless now it's you're crazy. Hillary yeah and now I'm Hillary so how did you get I, you, I obviously know the story but I actually don't remember it I was thinking about it how did you get that part I don't remember so this this was a crazy pilot season that I had and it's it's a testament to to my relationship with God especially at that moment where everybody was going to LA everybody and their mother was moving to LA in the acting industry during that time and everybody I knew was like no I'm going I'm going for pilot season and I was itching I was like I want to go too I want to go too but I remember saying that you know some of the most important decisions that I've made in my life I took a step back and I had a conversation with God that was that was what I decided to do from the beginning when I went on this journey so I took a step back you know and I and I prayed on it and I thought about it and I just felt everything that I was seeing every sign that I was getting every instinct that I had was saying to wait like just wait and I didn't know why and, and I couldn't even explain it to anybody because people who were some of my close acting friends were like come on Michelle like you have the money let's just jump on a plane let's just go we'll go there for three months and I was like I know but something's just I just don't feel it like something's telling me to just wait and I waited and I had an audition in the beginning of December that was for Supernatural and I ended up booking it I went out to Vancouver in January of um that would have ugh. When was that? 2013. January of 2013. And then um, my manager in Los Angeles now actually saw me on Supernatural when, when the episode aired um, maybe a, a four weeks later. The episode aired and he contacted my agent in Toronto and said, you rep this girl, Michelle Morgan. Wait, like, your manager lived where? My manager lived in Los Angeles. Okay, got it. Yeah, so he he contacted my agent in Toronto, and he was he was like, David, um, you rep this girl, Michelle Morgan, and um, yeah, I I wanna I wanna um put her on my roster for policies. I just want to see what goes on, what what's gonna happen. So um, I was kind of so with him, I kind of had a temporary kind of pilot season tryout, um, and I did pilot season from Toronto, and I taped like. I just basically a, a tape or an audition tape is you basically get the audition and instead of going into the room with the casting director you get somebody who can read another actor uh, sometimes I have to use my husband but <laughs> which is painful but you get another you get another actor if you, you know get... Michelle's husband you will understand why we're laughing <laughs> amazing so good I know I could just see him being like yo Michelle I'm not doing this yeah <laughs> I, that's exactly how he is and he's like alright and I'm like can you put some enthusiasm into it like, I think I've actually seen you guys read together. oh my god or you made me read with you two before I got annoyed I'm like Michelle I ain't trying to do this when are we going to lunch <laughs> not yeah. supportive at all <laughs> 
<laughs> but see, that's when you have to know. You have to you when you do something that you love. You have to like. I always told my husband this because my husband wasn't really hugely supportive when it came to acting. He was kind of like, eh, you know, you, you do it because you love it. But then he would, you know, say some things some now and then with, you know, kissing other people that would make yeah, him feel uncomfortable. It's hard. And he'd lash out. It's hard. But and also because I, he's not in that industry at all. So yeah. It's like, but I had a conversation with him where I said, you know, I don't. I don't need someone to build me up. I don't need someone to believe in me. It's nice to have that support. But if you really know what you're doing and you really love what you do, and that's how I felt, I'm like, I don't need you to build me up. I don't need you to support me in that way. But just do not ever bring me down or we or we can't be together. Yeah. Because this is what I want to do. So you don't have to support me. You just cannot be negative about it. You cannot bring me down. You cannot make me feel bad about it because I like I basically, you know, I I I set the tone for our relationship when it came to my career. And I think that's important in a in a relationship for sure. But um, back to what I was saying. So yeah. <laughs> We always do that. Sorry. I know. We always do that. We always do that. And you're the worst because I'll be like in the middle of a story, but you'll be like, this is taking too long, Michelle. <laughs> I'm just going to jump in here and change, the, and change the subject. And that's not in podcast world. That's in like real life. I'm like, are you going to make this a little shorter? Are we going to get off to the next thing or what? Like I've been listening to this shit for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what well, well, what were I, I was asked, no 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 I did many... actually want to know that yeah though. um how you booked oh so how I booked why not yeah in so I was doing pilot season in Toronto and I was taping like crazy doing but were you these... doing a pilot specifically for that show like was it something uh, no so I was doing just a bunch of pilots so you, pilot season is when all of the networks and all of the production companies basically have these new shows and they're they have the first episode of all of these new shows and they're going to try and get them made so they they or they have money to get them made so they're now they now have enough money to to put together this one episode and they will search high and low for all of the people to fill all of these roles. And then once they shoot the episode, then the network will look at these pilots and then they'll decide which one they want to green light, which one's actually going to be turned into a full series. So everybody wants to be on a pilot because you usually get the, you know, the biggest rate. Like there's a lot of expectations on how great a lot of these shows are going to be. Right. And, you know, like the series are huge. Now, right? Yeah. Series are huge. So so I did pilot season from here and I did and I auditioned for all of these pilots and I came close. I test I tested three times for for different pilots that I'm like thinking now, which ones are even still? I don't even think I think one of them ended up turning into kind of a big thing. <laughs> but um but the other ones it was kind of like you know whatever passing they just passed through and then the last thing that I got I remember I got my audition for YNR it was in the midst of like three other auditions I finished the other auditions and then I I distinctly remember my agent te texting me saying make sure you check your email you have another audition so I checked my email and I'm like oh I looked at my friend who was helping me tape all these auditions and I was like all right PJ let's Let's get back in the room because I just got another audition for YNR and I taped that in like I think twenty minutes. Did you have any clue that you would ever get it? No, not at all. And I'd already been let down, you know, three times in that same that's Day. that's yeah. <laughs> well, that same like short like yeah. one month period. I've already had that. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm gonna book this and it's gonna be huge. And then oh no, I didn't book it. It went to somebody else. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm testing for this. It's just me and one other girl. I'm gonna get it. And then it went to somebody else. So I had those ups and downs. So I just... That's hard. Yeah, it, it is hard, but I was in a good place about it where I was able to kind of do auditions, let them go until I heard about it. And then, But I was hearing about them a lot where it was testing that part of me where I felt like, no, I'm good at letting things go. But it was definitely testing it where I was like, oh, damn, if I got that, yeah. 
you know like never looking back is a huge thing for me and yeah i was looking back every now and then i was kind of like well it just happened yesterday and you know it would be nature yeah yeah so so then then, so then i booked it and then they called me and they said and it actually conflicted with another thing that i booked i i booked a um it was like a series that it was called backpackers that shot in europe so i was basically backpacking and shooting this show in Europe. Um, So we went to Prague, we went to Italy. Well, they shot in Paris, but I kind of just popped in there. But um, but yeah, so they were so they were all around Europe, and I and I had to do that show, and it conflicted with YNR. But YNR said that they would wait for me. Um, you know, it was like a week, I think. So they said they'd push all my shows a week later if I could come. And how did you feel when you booked it? I felt so happy, so thrilled, and I just couldn't wait to tell my mom because she's a huge YNR fan, and my dad watched. As he's not a fan, but you know, he it's just on in the house. But if it if he misses the show, he'll walk in and be like, uh, "So uh, what happened on YNR today?" It's just like how parents are like, "I don't want a dog, I don't want a dog," and then you get the dog, and they're like secretly obsessed with the dog, and like you know, it's like that same thing. Yeah, so know? and I feel like that happens a lot. Like and a men lot of- love reality TV and all the bullshit. Trash oh yeah, TV, they more lo- than we do. Yeah, they love the drama. It's they ridiculous. love the drama. They just pretend that they don't. Yeah. Women are just more vocal about how much they love it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but men are like secretly sitting there like, "Oh, this is a- this is amazing." <laughs> so when you booked it, how long did they contract you for? Like it was right three off years. the bat, it was right a three-year contract. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, That's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome but but even when they said it's a three-year contract they were like oh but we have all of these outs and every like 18 weeks or 13 weeks or something we can like reassess so I was like okay I guess but you know at that point I was like I'm just gonna go in and do my best and if it's you know if I'm only supposed to be on the show for a year I'm only supposed to be on the show for a year and but there but I remember there was this moment when I was working on set and I just I knew that Hillary was gonna be on this show for a little while mm-hmm. I knew she was gonna have a little bit of a run and it was just a moment that I just had with myself and I just knew it and I kind of just was like god it would be really nice to have a little bit of a run on a show just because I felt like especially with Canadian TV a lot there's a lot of pilots that come out and like I booked a series and you know it went it went one season I booked another one it went another season so I was like it'd be really nice to work more than one year and you were telling me basically on on this show um that you get your lines like 20 minutes, not 20 minutes, but yeah. I'm exaggerating, but like really soon before the, the like it tell depends. me how that goes. Like you get it really, like you get it soon before you shoot and then you only shoot in like one or two takes, I remember yeah. you saying. Uh-huh. So, so that must be like incredible experience, no? It, like when I when I booked YNR, I knew that it would be like, because like, I never went to school for acting. So I was like, this is going to be like my university experience. Right. You know, like I'm really going to learn a lot in a very short amazing. period of time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and everybody's gonna see me learn a lot in a short period of time, you know. So, so I was like, okay, let's let's do it, you know. And Were you nervous? I was so nervous, but yeah, it was just like you said. Like they would they, usually. Okay, so now you get a, the most you'll get. You'll get a week with your episode that's the most that's like ideal like right now I have a week because we're off for a week so they gave it so production shuts down as well so they gave us our episodes before our week off so I had a whole week but that's because there's a holiday right yeah now. exactly because that's right? a, yeah because it's a holiday so I had a whole week now to prep so the most you'll get is probably like a full week usually um if I'm if I'm shooting on Friday a Friday episode I will get a, a show on Wednesday so I get like two days to learn it sometimes. So like, and sometimes they'll throw you a new scene the day before that happened to me once that I was like, oh crap, like a, you know, three, four page scene on top of all the other work. Cause you don't shoot like a regular uh, series may shoot like 11, maybe 15 pages a day. Like YNR shoots like 120 pages a day. Cause like it's, it's so 
it's yep. crazy every day and every day they're like a machine and it's like a well-oiled machine and you go in there and, and it's, they've been doing it so long there's a formula everybody's a been doing yeah everybody's been doing it so long the writers have been doing it so long the directors the actors everybody's been doing it for so long so and i think that's a huge part of it and is come as a new actor coming in coming on to soap you need to just blend right in because they don't have time to hold your hand like yeah like they don't not gonna baby you yeah they don't have time to hold your hand you can't learn your lines like that's not our problem like you need to get it you need to figure out how you're gonna do that you know so well i i was always pretty good at it like that's why when i got my audition i was able to learn it in like you know 20 minutes and and shoot it and send it out so i was all i always kind of knock on wood but i had this you know i had this this gift to it you know definitely a god-given gift to just pick up lines but under nerves i still things still go so like i because of that i became really responsible where it's like like i told you before we buckle down you know so i was like i don't care who i need to beg i'm gonna run the shit out of these lines like i'm gonna know these lines backwards forwards inside out and that's what i did for i would say the solid I would say a solid six months when I was first on the show. And then I started easing off and I realized, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm good. I can pick up these lines. And even if I forget it, now I've been on the show long enough, I've proven that I can do it in one take like everyone else. If I need an extra take or they need to pick it up, it's not the end was of the Was there world. any times you ever mess anything up really badly that you were just like, oh my God. Oh, you mean like like I mess it up and then they go back and they mess it, I mess it up again. And then they go back and I mess it up again. Yeah, that's happened. That's happened really only once or twice where it's like I'm trying to get through this one paragraph or this one thing and for some reason yeah it's just not clicking and you just keep going and you keep going and you pray that you get it do you love it i think the oh i love it i love it so much yeah i mean there's so many things about acting where it's like i come home and i'm like oh why do i do this to myself because you really have to you have to feel things you know and i just got over a, a few uh, emotional scenes which I, don't, I can't go into because you know, I don't want to give anything away but I did have some emotional scenes on YNR that I had to do recently and it's heavy it's heavy on your soul it's heavy on your heart the things that you have to think about to just get there or get close mm. to there and I'm such a cancer I like I like yeah. to cry in my room by myself Me and too. the idea of crying like in front of other people yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry I can't make it tonight I'm in my room crying by myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I'm like I don't know like but but there is something when you when you nail a scene, when you get it, and you just, you put your whole heart into it, like, there's just nothing like it. There's no drug out there that can get you that high. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like I'm high for three days because I did, an, you know, an amazing really? scene. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's what fuels me, you know? And I, and, and for a long time, because I wanted to be a lawyer, because I wanted to fight injustices and all of this thing, I was like, why the hell do I want to be an actor? I really, like, wondered that about myself. I was like, it's just, it's such a selfish, like, job to take on like I just yeah. I didn't understand why I wanted to be an actor it's like it's so um it's, it's so showy and it's so it's all about me and uh, you know I'm the center of attention and I'm like it, it doesn't make any sense to me why I feel so fueled by this and it wasn't until I really had a conversation with myself where I was I was pushing pushing wanting to get this role wanting to get that role and then I took a step back and I really sat down and asked myself that question and I realized that I wanted to be an actor because what we do as actors is actually one of the most empathetic things that you can do. Like, right. I choose like to not judge someone, to take on a character and to just fall into it and to show the world my vulnerability so that they know that they can be vulnerable. To, to show the world a side of... The, to, to show the world a part of something that they would never experience 
unless they turn on the TV. I mean, we're all here in North America and we live our amazing lives, but then we get to turn on, we can turn on the TV and as an actor, as a producer, as a director, we can show the world, you know, a, something that they would never see, but that would create so much empathy. And we, we really do create empathy in the world and get, we change people's hearts, I believe. I believe TV, movies, is like the way that you can affect the heart the most. And I think that's why I was so much more drawn to it because if I'm going to make a difference in this world, as as a lawyer, it would take forever. I would have to lobby forever. I would probably never get anything done. But I feel like the way that you can change the world the most is when you affect someone's heart. When you show them something that they never they never understood or you show them something from a different perspective and that they would never understand, they would never get, you know? And to sit there and to watch something that you never, you'd never care about, you'd never, you would always judge and to see the other side and then cry for that other side is gonna change who you are on the inside. And that's how we change the world. It's gonna change, and that's how, and I feel like that's how we change the world with racism, like how, you know, how, like how 50 years ago, you know, there was so much racism already, especially in the US, you know, and now there's such a transition, especially in the big cities in like LA and Toronto and, and New York. And you just see like, it's like seeing an interracial couple is like nothing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I feel like the movement towards showing more ethnicities on TV, showcasing, um, that ethnic lives are exactly the same as you know non-ethnic lives mm -hmm. like we all go through the same struggle we are all one and showcasing that more and more on tv is changing that everywhere because there's going to be those people who are in you know rural areas who never who will probably never see an ethnic person but they will on tv and they'll see that they're the same as me and then when if they do travel or if they do get inspired to do this stuff they they won't feel um like they've never seen these people or experienced these people because we're getting so in-depth with um with tv and movies like now. the subject matter the subject matter and showcasing so much more about ethnic lives that people are getting to know ethnic people people can become like that's the one thing about YNR is that because we're in people's houses every day people act they like they, they know, know us. you yeah and that's what it is there's this this connection that you have with fans of a show as an actress that they really do know you they really do see naked parts of yourself that you show you know as an actress like you show you know some really vulnerable naked parts of yourself and they get to they get to really see it and they really feel like they know you and in a way that they really do and I feel because your character on the show is a little bit like evil a bitch. or something <laughs> a bitch <laughs> she's a bitch okay why does she what makes her a bitch um in your in she's your... very very driven and she doesn't care what anybody thinks about her and she's always going to push for what she wants why does that make her a bitch um she'll also do a little bit of underhanded things to get what <laughs> she wants it might be a little bit underhanded <laughs> just a touch um so yeah she crosses a few lines which you know if you were a good person you wouldn't cross those lines but i had a hard time with that where you know like when i when she started doing more and more evil things I, the good person in me was like I, I don't know how to justify this behavior <laughs> and you know I, I started looking at her from the outside and then when I really sat down and started doing some work on the scripts I started transforming that thinking and started you know reminding myself of my art form and this is I need to be empathetic to her and I need to understand what it would be like to to, you know, to have an alcoholic mother and to not have the childhood that I had and to put myself in that place and then realize that 
yeah, I would be a lot more driven. Yeah, I might not take as much shit from people. And I might push a, a few boundaries a little bit harder. It doesn't make me a bad person. It just it just means that that's, that's my experience. And because of the experiences that I had, I'm going to make different choices than Michelle Morgan. You it's know? so interesting that you say that because I've learned that the older I get. Especially last year, I had a lot of situations where I learned that. It's like, even if something somebody's doing something to you that's so like, your initial thing is like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, yeah. you just, you just want to hate them, right? But then when you sit back, and it's hard for me too, you know but when you sit back and you have a little bit of compassion no matter what it is that they're doing right Mm -hmm. um and kind of think about like what made them do that what made them be that way what made this person like what made i don't know why this came to my head but what like made britney spears shave her head off and like hit these camera people like yeah she didn't you know that's like there's obviously something about the environment she's in and like whatever she's going through or what her upbringing there's a million different reasons there's right? a million different and reasons. it doesn't excuse the behavior but at least can give you a little bit of compassion to be like okay well you know sometimes people do things because of a b and c and like you know whatever so like it gives yeah. you compassion to be like it even though what you're doing is evil it's like it's not coming from like just thin air yeah does that make sense exactly yeah it's it, it gives you compassion to see that you know if i had the experiences that you had if i was raised the same way that you were raised there's a chance that i could be doing the same thing that you're doing you know what i mean there's a chance that i could be acting the way that you're acting but that didn't happen to me so i'm not always that you know like i won't act like that in my normal life but i have to be able to turn it on as an actor and i have to be able to to not just justify your normal life though it does it it totally does like in in regular life to be like well this person's doing this but then if you really just like detach yourself from the anger of whatever they're doing and you start to be like okay well they're a human too and you don't like there's got to be a reason why yeah this is happening and i look at it or not yeah exactly 100 percent. because you look at people and you and right away as human beings we just want to judge them and we want to say that you know how dare they do this to me and a lot of times it's like it has nothing to do with you it has nothing to do with you it's like so many it's like if you're driving in the car somebody cuts you off you're freaking out how can that asshole just cut me off and then you real then if you were actually in the car you might realize that this person is like on their way somewhere that they're so stressed out they don't they didn't even see you and they didn't care to see you they're just trying to get there and you took it so personally because that's just how we are as humans we're like we're like how dare they do that to me i'm gonna go (laughs) and i've really learned too because like you know i mean i'm definitely something i'm working on the older i get but i can be so judgmental but then when you look at it it's like the people that are that judgmental like they are probably judging themselves every day yeah 10 times more than they would be judging whoever yeah right like i found that because i was so judgmental of others i was like when i took a step back i was like i judge like you judge yourself so much because that's what you're doing outwardly imagine what you're doing to yourself i know do you know what i mean it's so so sad like if you kind of like take a step back from that and kind of realize that like where that's coming from it can kind of like help you work on whatever it is. on yourself on and yourself. Yeah. yeah and your perspective and exactly from your perspective and just to become a happier person where you're just like this has nothing to do with me so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna chase this man down i'm not gonna let it ruin my day i'm just gonna be like oh shit all right Did you, you have keep an going incident on the road recently <laughs> well maybe a little bit <laughs> so um how okay so when you how do you what do you find is like the best part of living in LA and the worst part like 
what do you like LA is LA like we all know what it yeah. is like it's like who do you know what do you do what do you drive how much do you make like yeah. da, 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 that's LA right but there's also another side to it definitely I love LA like I think yeah and I and I feel like a lot of people are like oh my gosh it's, it's so LA everybody's so LA like you you know nobody let's really go to, let's go for our gluten-free <laughs> yeah <best. laughs> but no but, but I think the thing is too that people just feel like there's no depth with people in LA you know what I mean like people are just very surfacey. they meet you they want to know what you do and if you can't help them then they're on to the next person right and I feel like that yeah that might be true to a certain extent there's a lot of people that are transitional there there's a lot of people that are just there for work there's a lot of people that are there trying to make it and they're on the grind so there that reality is true for a lot of people but I feel like you can find really genuine people in LA and, <laughs> and I was all from Toronto <laughs> <laughs> or they or they date Toronto people <laughs> but I found I definitely found my my you know my little my little safety net in LA my little family of friends which has helped me tremendously because when I first went down there I went down for pilot season and I knew nobody and I felt like I wanted to slip my wrist you know yeah. like the only thing that got me through it was like you were I was, alone right at first. well the first time I went down so I went down for pilot season long time ago like maybe four years before I booked wine before yeah before I booked YNR uh, maybe four or five years before I booked YNR I went down you know I was young and I was like I'm gonna do this it was around the time that I quit my job and I was like I'm a serious actress <laughs> but um but yeah I was so lonely and I just I didn't know anybody and it just and you know the best things about LA is the weather and the opportunity the too. weather the opportunity I mean the amount of money that town has like that's just floating around is crazy and the amount of opportunities that are floating around like you just need to listen and you know reach for it really and the things that I don't like about LA I mean I don't know there's nothing that I really I, the only thing that I don't like about it is that my family's not there mm. you know that that I have to I have to keep coming back to Toronto because my family's here and this is and I feel like that's where your home is my and my home that's why my home is LA and Toronto because my sisters my dad my mom's in Trinidad but my dad is my and my sisters are here so that's like where my my heart kind of half of my heart is still in Toronto and then the other half because there's you know Neam and my husband and they're both in LA so that's my other half of my heart so I definitely feel like do you want to do any movies yeah I want to do movies like are you allowed to do anything I can do yet? movies I have one feature out so I can do one movie under my Y&R contract um, and I've been you know I've been I've I've booked a few movie roles but it's conflicted with Y&R so that's the difficult thing is trying to get a role I'm I've been working a lot on YNR you know thankfully like the new there's you know there's there's been a shift in the in the regime um at YNR like high up and and they they've definitely taken a liking to my character and you know what's going on with her so they've pushed for me and um Brighton James's character she just they showcased us a little bit more and you're gonna see that more and more in the new episodes so yeah which Who is awesome thought? I know <laughs> right I know so it's just no more. but like okay so like your story is just a testament to like who would have ever thought that that would have happened you know what I mean I it's think like about if, that all the day all the time like I'm walking around in LA sometimes and I look up and I see palm trees and I'm just like I can't even believe that I this is like where I live and that I work on The Young and the Restless. And <laughs> it's just fuck? very bizarre. <laughs> it's like a show that I've watched my whole yeah. life. Like, it's it's very bizarre. And now but... you're in it and it's normal. Yeah. Like, and now know, it's normal. Exactly. It's so normal. It's... Until I talk to people that's not in it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is... Like it take, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. This, is, this isn't this is normal. Like, there, you know, people are so interested and so happy and thrilled about it. So, 
you know that's awesome so it's fun to talk to people about it but it definitely makes me realize oh sh like what i do like i'm like wow that's really what i do i here's a question <laughs> i had written down so how do you think a male's perspective in your industry differs from a woman's um well i think the so for men and especially historically in the act the field of acting as you get older <laughs> maybe <laughs> as you get older um the opportunities for men can start to get um, broader. Yeah. Like there's, there's just definitely more opportunities for them as they it shrinks age. For a woman. And for a woman, it you know it definitely shrinks and it goes down. And so there is, there is this need to stay young as a woman, to stay looking young and looking a certain way, and you know working out because now I have a 16 month old and I, I have to get back in the gym because it's like you don't ever want to you, you have to keep yourself you know looking the same way. You have to, you have to keep your you feel this pressure to do it. But what I love is that nowadays, because it's 2016, there's some amazing roles out there for you know women that are getting older. And they are showcasing the lives of aging women and showing that it is important. And not only is it important, but it's also selling. And it can you can make money off of showing it. Mm -hmm. So that's pushing you know the industry to do more um, amazing work for women of you know different ages. So I feel like that's. You know, that's the the perspective is that as for a woman, it's growing and it's changing and it's exciting because hopefully, you know, we're going to be on par with the guys when it comes to acting very soon in terms of how many opportunities we have. Hopefully it won't be shrinking anymore. It'll be just expanding, expanding and opening up and more and more doors for amazing actors and actresses as they, you know, get older. Here's a question I have. So. Like, okay, so I know how, like, my style <laughs> when it comes to work is, like, I'm very, like, when it comes to my work, I'm very, like, particular and, like, aggressive and, like, a go-getter. And I won't, like, I'll just be, like, what is you What do you think your style is when it comes to, like, let's say, you know, before you book this gig or whatever. I don't know. Just your style um, is when approaching, like, work and, like, advice you would give someone to, like kind of get in the door Does that well make sense? i would give you the same advice because exactly what you just said is it would be like just take a take a step back and let it breathe because it's like people can just do all of this work and they work 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 so much and they can't even enjoy the successes that they have because they just have to let it breathe and until you just let it go like that's and that's that's something that i learned because of acting because you you're constantly judged and you're going on multiple auditions a day and you know by the end of the year you've been rejected over you know hundreds of times you know there so you need to be able to just do something know that you put your all into it 110% and then you just have to let it go and see what the where, what the universe does with it and see you know where the universe takes you and i feel like that's when you feel with anything that you do you got to put 110% and then you got to take a step back and just let it breathe. Like let it marinate a bit. Let it marinate and let it come back to you. Sometimes yeah. it's not about just pushing on to the next thing and on to the next thing. Sometimes you have to just sit there and revel in the stuff that you did and sit and live in the moment and be happy with what you all the successes that you made right now because this is your life. We're not waiting to get to the next moment. We're, we're living in this moment and this moment should be the moment that is the most fulfilling. It shouldn't be thinking about the next moment is the most fulfilling. It should be the moment that you're living in. So I, that's, that's what I would say. Just... That's totally on stop on. pushing 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 so yeah. hard people like you just because and especially in north america especially in i feel like it's even worse like if like if you go to new york it's even worse it's like everybody's you know beating that horse like you gotta keep going you can't stop you can't stop moving you can't even stop in your car for one second yeah but that's i feel like that's when the great things happen is when you take that moment to just stop
and appreciate what you have and then you can make better moves because then you're not in this fog of like I got to get to this I got to get to this you actually you can appreciate what you did you can see all the things that you did you can analyze it, and then you can make interesting moves and different moves and you don't have to just keep going forward but yeah yeah because you're just like blindly like plugging through that race and you're not seeing yeah and I think I think well maybe it's just that you're always going forward you know so don't ever think yeah yeah, don't ever think that you're that because you take a second because you allow something to to marinate like you were saying it doesn't mean that you're not doing anything it does it means that you're enjoying the moment that you're in I think that's so like um like how we live now right it's like no one it's just it's like cool to like always be busy and killing yourself yeah yeah well like like i was stuck like i i was um working out today and the trainer was like you know you know i see on like facebook and instagram everybody's posting like i only got like three hours of sleep you know like i'm an animal and he's like yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be driving yourself into like an early grave like like i'm a gladiator he's like yeah you're gonna be a gladiator in the grave because like you need That's your sleep so like a thing yeah like everybody's just like i'm only on two hours of sleep and it's like uh, well you you, you yeah, gotta you go like to it. sleep <laughs> you look like you're it. and you're acting like it you know you're like, <laughs> little <cuckoo. laughs> and i love my sleep like i'm serious Yo, about getting too, my yeah i'm serious about getting my seven hours like i used to be eight nine hours like i'm like i need my eight hours solid now since i had seven a baby is good. now since i had a baby good. i'm a little bit more on the six to seven if i can get seven hours i'm happy yeah. but um but yeah i just need to get a little more regimented regimented you know there's yeah. a different stage in my life and i'm i'm still trying to figure it all out and i'm still trying to be like okay i'm still trying to get myself on a good schedule so that i can actually feel like i'm human yeah like i'm resting enough yeah. like i'm having enough time for other things that i want to do and yeah okay that's the last question i want to ask you then what else do you want to work on like obviously you're on this amazing show and mm-hmm. like that's amazing but like is there any other things that you want to do that you feel like scared to like dip there's your a feet million into? things that i want to do that i feel i mean <laughs> i don't i don't think it's really fear i think it's well now that you know i think it's timing i was and just gonna I think, say yeah. i get fearful of like if I start committing to this now, it's like, that's like a whole other thing that I'd have to take on. And like, who has the time? Yeah. That holds me back, I think which is that's, stupid. But like, I get like, I think Ugh. that is a part of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's like, I feel like it's timing, but it's true. Any time is the right time. You just start it and you just keep going. And I know, I know it. I just, I need to start doing it more often. What do you, but, like, tell me like one thing. Well, right now, well, um, me and a good friend of mine, Andrew Japal, we wrote, and, um, and Lee Stefan, who we wrote a pilot, um, if you like two years ago a couple of years ago now and we've been in the process of trying to get that sold and picked up um and it's a fun little thing so i'm like to be able to be behind the camera and be writing something and creating something and yeah and having a little bit more more control over the big picture which would be kind of cool um I was like I was talking to you earlier. I'm like I'm so impressed, you know, with you and your your vlogging and your <laughs> your podcast and you know whip and everything. I'm like I want to do stuff like that. Like I want to so I want to inspire people. I know we can do something together. Yeah, we should do something 100%. together. Yeah, I don't know what, but we can figure something out. Yeah, I want to do something, and then you know, and it's I feel like it's this. Um, I don't know. I just want to. I want to do something outside of acting. Just, you want to create just to something. Make, I want to create. Yeah. yeah. And I think now that like I'm, I'm on the soap especially, sometimes it can start to feel like, like a job, like a nine to five a little bit because you're going to the same place. Yeah. You're, you're playing the same character. And I love what I do. And I love the challenges that being on a soap brings me. But sometimes I feel like I, maybe because 
I'm not able to kind of transform every day and I'm not able to, you know, have a new character to play. Sometimes I feel like I do need to find another creative outlet um, to, to just kind of fulfill me a little more. And totally. creating content would be amazing. So, you know, I have some reality show ideas kicking around in my head. I have a, I have a couple like, of, I have a couple of series <laughs> ideas. I have a couple of, so I have a bunch of stuff kicking around. I just need to get it. Like I have a, some of them halfway down on paper, but I need to get them all down on paper and then I need to start talking to some people and getting stuff made but yeah that's so fun i love hearing that kind of thing i'm like (laughs) i just love like hearing like i love startups like i love that kind of thing like i love like i get bored when it starts like it's it's like a thing it's like i get bored when it starts getting like successful which is weird but that's what we're i was talking about learning to sit in there and enjoy the success you can't just keep pushing but i'm always like yeah you're like no we gotta go to the next thing that was successful let's move to the next one like even my event i was like yeah, but like 26 things are wrong. So like we need to fix that next time. <laughs> like, like, like I just keep like you want to top yourself and that's great. But like you said, you have to like pull back. And yeah, be like, you have to enjoy your successes. Totally. Anyways, that's it. I want to ask pe- you questions because Hillary Curtis is I told you she she's you know, she has her own show now. OK, go ask me two questions before we leave. Um, I'm like, I feel all insecure. <laughs> now you're, now you're going to get uncomfortable. Like, Where's the blanket? Let me cover myself. <laughs> what? What inspired you to create Whip, first of all? Because I, for me, that was like, that was so amazing. It was such a, such a great idea. And really, it was something like, that we so really needed. Like, to... crazy that, like, how many people were there? I was. I was. I was, like... I was. Yeah, I thought it was crazy, but I didn't expect anything less from you. Like, I knew that you, I know you give your 110% for everything that you do. So I knew it would be a good, a good event. I knew it would be great. But, um, but I think I was, I was more amazed at just, who you were and you were so nervous to get up there but you're so poised and I was like who is this girl this is not Bianca I remember because I've obviously known you the longest than everyone than ever, and the way you were sitting was like right kind of like I could see you in my peripheral and yeah. you're just looking at me like yeah I was like we were both looking yeah, at each other know, like, Bianca. I'm like do you remember right. where we met yeah <laughs> so it's crazy um I don't know I think mainly what inspired me to do it was meeting so many people that I used to work with that are like how are you doing this? And how are you doing that? And da, 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 da. And like, so it was that aspect of being like, well, let's talk about this. Like, let's talk about like, you know, like stop complaining about like this job that you hate and go do what you want to do. Like mm-hmm. literally what you were saying before. It's like, yeah, just you, you have this, just do it like yeah. Nike, you know what I mean? So yeah. like that aspect of it. And then just like kind of like wanting to give back. Like there's really not any, like there's tons of these kind of things that go on like in New York and LA and stuff like that. But I don't think that we have anything like that here. Yeah. Um. So it was just, it was a bunch of different things. Like I just, I, I think that we needed like a forum to be able to talk about like, you know, like exactly what you're talking about. Like the, your life isn't this idea in your head. Like it's right now. So it's like, that's how we live. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to work at this job for three more years and then maybe I'll pursue what I'm going to do. Like, no, exactly. you're not. Yeah, no. You're lying to yourself. You're exactly. full of shit. You're just going to be stuck there forever. And I know that because I did it. Yeah. And one day I woke up and I was like, I'm not doing this. You know, like it was like miserable. But what like, about, so what about the, like, cause a lot of the, the reasons why a lot of people don't pursue things and don't step out of their comfort zone is mm-hmm. because of the fear of failure. Yeah. So oh, how do you I'm keep going when you, you're terrified of failing? How do you, but how do you push through that? I think, okay, so just uh, those were the ideas why I started it, but I was really scared to do it because I was like, who the people are going to be like, who is this makeup artist like having an event for women? Like, who does she think she well, is? Yeah, and I kind of have that fear because I'm like, what if I started like a vlog or something and like nobody cared? <laughs> well, no one's going <laughs> to care for I, a while and that's yeah, okay, you know, yeah, but I like guess. if you keep putting your like all to all into it, I think that, you know, like whoever's supposed to, you know, like a um 
absorb the content is who's supposed to absorb it right and if it's huge it's huge but anyway and sometimes that failure is necessary for your future success 100 percent. so I, I i still get like you know like nervous about putting myself out there but i think it's just a matter of practicing it's like i first started like just like you know you 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 talk to your phone and like make put little videos out and then like me getting up there is another like form of me practicing and doing this is another form of me practicing so it's like you just got to keep you know like upping what you did last yeah eventually you'll be comfortable doing whatever it is does that answer the question yeah totally what was the question i don't remember because what I'm inspired me to do it yeah this. i just I wanted <laughs> I'm like to i'm give... not a professional at this you remember the question and i was like no 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 my last question because i changed it was all about like failure and how do you keep pushing when you're terrified that you're gonna fail i think what i did for an entire year to be totally honest and my other friend was asking me this too she's like how did you do all this stuff in a year and i'm like I literally just kept putting myself in situations that were uncomfortable over and over and over and over. And I looked back and I was like, yo, look at the, all the things I did. I know. And I, and I'm so not near where I want to get. So I wasn't taking that time to appreciate it until Mm -hmm. recently. And I was like, holy crap. Like I did like a lot of stuff last year. And I, it was all because, I mean, there was people around me that I was like, cause there were so many times where I was like, I'm not doing this event anymore. I don't want to do it. I can't go up there and talk like da, 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 like everyone's going to like da, 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 freaking out. And but you're so good at it. It's so crazy that you're inside and what's coming out is not <laughs> it's the same. Totally... <laughs> it's like Jacqueline Hyde. <laughs> I want to go in my bed and watch movies all day and do nothing. That's who I am as a person. Yeah, me too. Like I am but there not is outgoing. Something... I'm an introvert. I don't want to be do- like, I'm not, this is like, and it's a lot of like putting myself into uncomfortable uh, situations and force <laughs> like I have to like force myself to do it mm-hmm. but once I'm in it I'm fine I'm, that's how I've always been you know what I mean like I don't want to go to that party I don't want to go but then but how ironic like, on, is let's that go, let's go, let's go. force it's actually like force it's like you're yeah. a force of nature like it's like you're forcing yourself to do something and that force is what's gonna exert the success yeah. That force. That's, that's what yeah. works for me and some people and force is the I agree. opposite right I, no but for me it was exactly the same like being an actress like putting myself out there is one of the hardest things for me to do and it's like I put myself in so many uncomfortable situations over the years just because I, I said you know what what's the worst that can happen what's the worst that can happen I can fail and then it'll give me some experience for the next time I do it no so no it's like, you want to know what the worst that can happen is you're going to die that's and it. never try. And who? No, no, you're actually gonna die. Like, if you do this, are you gonna die? No. Yeah. But that's how we behave, right? It's like you behave like if I get up and talk in front of all these people, like I'm gonna die. No, that's not gonna happen. So if that's the worst that can happen, then why not just try? Yeah. And if you didn't do this and you died, would you regret not doing? Would you regret not trying? Exactly. So it's like it's all a false. Like, and I'm speaking from a, like, you know, like this, it just sounds easy to do, but like, I'm scared all the time. Yeah. Every time I intro this podcast, I get a little bit nervous. Like, (laughs) what am I nervous for to say my name and introduce somebody? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) But it's always like, it's not, it's not that it's not there. Like, I think that's what people don't realize is like, like you said, like, we're all the same. And it's not that you're not scared to go and be on YNR. It's not that you're not scared to go and audition. It's not that you're not scared to do it, but you do it anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. You do and it there anyway. are those times that I'm on YNR and I'm, you know, I get into the groove and I'm so used to the people that I work with. And then, you know, all of a sudden I have to do a scene with Eric Braden, who plays Victor Newman. I was going to say, all Victor. of a sudden, every, like, everything. You turn that, into a kid again. Yeah. Right? And, and everything that I, I, like, I'm like, I'm I'm good. I've been doing this forever. I'm, I'm an actress, you know, I'm serious. And then they're like, okay, now you're going to be doing this scene with Victor Newman. I prepare, I prepare the same way. I'm ready, you know, whatever. Victor <laughs> Newman is a character on the show. And then I get in front of Eric Braden and I'm like, 
my hands are shaking a little bit, you know, like I'm like, oh my God. And then it's like a new pressure where it's like I'm realizing that I'm in an uncomfortable situation that I need to push but through. But don't you feel so much more alive after that? Yeah, you do. Because you're on a ride the whole time. Like I, like I, I've been like falling back into my winter, like, you know, I'm such an introvert, you know that. Like, Yeah, I, your I, winter I, hole. No one would know that about me. People <laughs> think that I'm like, eh, but I'm not. Totally not. And so when I get back into that, I start getting like a little depressed. So it's like if I, I, I want to make it a point to like keep putting myself in this position to do things that I would never be like well, have enough another... courage enough have enough courage to do yeah Are that's we... all you need to do that's all you need to do and I know that sounds like whatever but like I don't want to get up in front of people and talk that's not what I want to do yeah but like but I it's like, sure I did pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's fulfilling when you do it you know when you accomplish it when you when you do such a good job and then you're like shit what if I never did that what if I never had this feeling hundred percent i wouldn't be doing any of the things i'm doing now if i didn't do that event yeah like a lot of the things i'm doing and it's been the most fulfilling stuff that i've done in a long time and that's so inspiring yeah it's inter- it's just so interesting because <laughs> you would never think right yeah and something so you know just something so small as to just you know like let's get a bunch of women in the room and let's just talk let's just talk about our fears let's talk about our successes let's talk about our failures let's just talk and have a real conversation it's something so simple but we don't do it especially women we don't do it enough we're all trying to be super women and we never want to show our fears and we never want to show who we really are and we we don't want to stop because we feel like if we stop we're gonna we're gonna die if we stop we're gonna fail you know and it's it's like to have a place where you can sit down and really have these real conversations with people who are going through some of the things that you've already gone through. If not worse. Yeah, if not worse. And you know, and it's like, if my little life can inspire you in any way to do things that I probably could never do, because everybody's experience is their own experience, you know, and everybody's um, troubles are their own troubles and their problems are their own problems. And, but you can, but you're only given the problems that you can handle. So something that, you know, seems, like a mountain for other people it might be easy for me but you know for another person it's i look at it like it's a mountain and if i can Mm -hmm. inspire somebody to get over that mountain like how amazing is that with just my own little experience even if it's one one. yeah it's like those corny sayings they all start making sense when you get older i know that's (laughs) true (laughs) just one just one person Anyways, and this kids. is so fun. I know. I had a lot of fun. Well, we're going to keep talking afterwards, but I guess we have to wrap up We're going it up to now? lunch now, so <laughs> I'm sure you guys are tired of listening to us. But tell the people that don't know, uh, yeah. where, like your social media stuff. Um, okay, my social media stuff, with, which I'm horrible at, I need to get better at. And I, and I don't want to get somebody to do it for me. I want to no, be authentic and I want to do it. But because of that, I forget to post like all the time because I'm living. Yeah, you are so I'm living. I'm in the moment and then I just no, totally good, forget, though. you know. know. But um, Michelle Morgan for Instagram and Michelle Morgan one, the number one, Michelle Morgan one. That's so um, ugly. For Twitter. I know. It was because somebody stole my Twitter name I and I couldn't think ago. of anything else. So I just said Michelle Morgan yeah, one because I wanted to make it easier. following now that you can get them to give it to you. I, oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, my girlfriend was like, why didn't you just put the real Michelle Morgan? I was like, oh, that's, that's so smart. That's why I just changed all my stuff to I am Bianca Harris. Because that makeup IB thing was getting real stale. Anyway, you can, find, <laughs> you can find me uh, at I am Bianca Harris on all my social media, and you can follow us at Whip Toronto on all social media as well. Thank you for coming. Bye, I love you too. Thank you for listening.